KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Good evening, Oklahoma City. Good evening, Tulsa. Good evening, basketball fans and Thunder fans from near and far. I am Madison Morris here at Flint Restaurant in downtown Oklahoma City. It is Caddy Corner to Chesapeake Energy Arena, and it is hopping and popping already. The game just ended, and the Thunder defeated the Detroit Pistons at 108-101. to Big-time win calls for big-time celebration. It's only a seven-point win, but you could still celebrate. So come on down. I'm here with Ryan Chapman. Uh, no Brady Trantham tonight. He is out celebrating uh, his grandfather's birthday. Is, and so, party! Is that what he's celebrating? That's not what you told me earlier tonight. Good lord. Okay, if Brady, Brady, if you're listening, I accidentally told someone that it was your grandfather's funeral. Oops. And I did not mean to do that at all. It just kind of was a word vomit and slipped out. But Brady Trantham is celebrating a birthday, not a funeral. And so he is not here, but it is me, Ryan Chapman. And then Matt Burton is back in studio keeping us on air and keeping us on the railroad tracks as well. And uh, it's going to be a good show. Because we're going to talk about a lovely Thunder win over the Detroit Pistons. Sorry, Jerry Ramsey. No win for your Pistons tonight. To be fair, I'm not sure Jerry would have even recognized this version of the Detroit Pistons. Probably not. As it was, uh, shorthanded is an understatement. When you have six guys out on the injury report, you get rid of Drummond for basically any suitor that was willing to take him off your hands. Uh Easy to see why the Thunder may have struggled mentally to uh, focus in and hone in on the Detroit Pistons tonight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of looked like uh, what, I don't know, that catastrophe that happened on Wednesday night. Yeah, the Thunder defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday night, but it was not pretty, folks. It looks like a little bit of a struggle came down to the nitty-gritty, back to the wire, and they did pull out the win. However, it kind of looked the exact same tonight because, I'm not going to lie, Ryan, this Thunder team had to fight for this win tonight. They... I mean, like I said, only came out with a seven-point victory. Didn't shoot the ball all that great. Uh, they finished 39 of 76 on the night. Five of 23 from behind the arc. That's yeah. disgusting right there. Not what you want to see out of the Thunder, but I do think that these Pistons deserve a lot of credit. Guys like Thon Maker stepped up, mm-hmm. finally got his chance, considering you know the Drummond trade, all that stuff. He had 19 points, and there was an interesting back and forth between him and Adams all game long. But it led to uh, Adams getting physical and really yeah. anchoring the Thunder team in, in the tough moments in these games. No, it did. And Thonmaker, I mean, uh, if anyone does not agree with me on this, you're absolutely crazy. But every time I hear his name, it makes me think of, like, Thanos from the Avengers. Because he just sounds like a villain. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of what he posed to Stephen Adams tonight. I mean, he was two big guys going up against each other. Obviously, Thonmaker, he did have his night. Uh, he was 7 of 12 on the floor, 2 of 5 from the three-point line. So he is one of those centers that Stephen Adams is going to have a little bit of a struggle with because he knows how to stretch the floor. He knows how to take those shots. Like Ryan said, he played aggressively, had 19 points, did foul out with 14 seconds left in the game. But, hey, I mean, you played your game, man. You scored a lot, and you grabbed seven boards. So had a good night for Thonmaker. Obviously, Steven Adams, though, didn't hold him back. He's someone we're really going to highlight. And we'll go to our Thunder player of the game here in a second. Uh, but Steven Adams is someone who shot pretty well tonight, finished with 16 points. He had eight rebounds on seven of ten shooting uh, obviously, no three-point attempts, but he made both of his free throws tonight. And uh, Big Kiwi stepping up in a good way. Pants stayed clean, made both free throws. We're proud of Steven. Big Steve, time proud this of Steven. Is growth from Steven Adams this season. But yeah, and tonight it really had to be a team effort. There were times where the Thunder forced the issue with Steven Adams on Thon Maker because as much as Steven struggles defensively, just with how athletic Thon Maker is, mm-hmm. flip it to the other end, and Steven can just out physical centers like that. Oh my gosh, so yeah. There was a period in, in the second quarter where it felt like four straight possessions, he just bodied Thonmaker yeah. to no end. But um, yeah, it was a, it was it had to be a team effort tonight because as you said, no one was really firing from deep, so they kind of had to readjust and move the ball around and work a little extra harder. Yeah, not great shooting for the Thunder tonight, but you know what? Good showing. A win is a win. And per Thunder Communications, they just tweeted this out at the very end of this game. The Thunder improved to a season high twelve games above five hundred after winning four straight games. So boom. Good for the Thunder on that. Matt Burton, did you get to watch any of this game tonight? 
Uh, I picked it up in the second quarter. I was heading back from Lucky Star, where I was there from one to six today, uh, helping out on what a rock the star tech part of things. Yes, I, I am very exhausted, um, but <laughs> no, um, no, I did get to catch about the second quarter on. Um, and guys, I really, really loved what I saw from Stephen Adams tonight. He looked healthy. He looked, he looked healthy for the first time in a long time. Uh, and it really showed. He brought a lot of energy tonight and was in there. He only had two offensive rebounds, but it seemed like he was in there competing for every single offensive rebound. He could have had 10 of them tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's kind of what the conclusion of this game came down to was how guys are going to get those offensive boards and put it up for second chance points because there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of fighting for the ball tonight towards the end, and I think that's what kept this game so close. There was only two lead changes. This game was only tied twice, and that did happen in the first half of the game. Matt Burton, you said you did not watch the first quarter. Let me tell you, you did not miss a daggum thing because the Thunder Perfect. just really didn't do much at all. They let... Uh, the Pistons kind of have their way pretty much the entire time. I think uh, they only had like a five-point lead or something after the first half or the first quarter. Sorry, and it should have been a lot more than that, just because this team, you know, they they have a full roster right now, except for the obvious. Don't ask. Um, they have a full roster basically. There were a few guys that didn't suit up. Obviously, guys like uh, Mike Muscala and I don't think Deontay Burton played. Uh, but you know what? They had a full roster. They had full talent out there. Danilo Gallinari did not go anywhere. He was here. He was here to play. Didn't get all the shots he wanted, but he was still a strong player. We'll talk more about him in the next segment, actually. Um, but I don't know. I feel like a seven-point lead at the end, that that's a little bizarre. And I don't know what you thought about this, Matt, but I feel like the Thunder these past two games, maybe that four-day break has not been the best look for them just because they haven't been able to uh, kind of get back in the swing of things. Yeah, look, looked a little rusty. Looked a little rusty, to say the least. Uh, coming off of that four-day break. But, I mean, throughout January, what was it? They didn't have two days off. They never had yes. more than two days off in January. Correct. So you kind of get in a rhythm in January, and you play well. You go, what, where were they, 12-5 and five in January? Mm, something like so, that, yes. Somewhere around there. But yeah. so they won 12 games in January uh, after playing all the time. And to have that break, uh, I, I feel like it kind of threw off their rhythm just a bit. Uh, and it showed these past these past two games. Um, Gallinari, 19 points, nine rebounds. Um, those are great stats, but to me, he kind of he kind of struggled shooting the ball tonight. Three of 11 from three point line, five for 15 from the field. I thought he struggled, but the uh, stats the stats won't won't back me up on that. True. Well, and that three of 11 was about the worst three of 11 you could have. There were he airballed times. an open <laughs> yeah. three numerous times that wide open looks airball brick off the side of the Gross. back side of the rim. Not great, but guys, at what point do we have to readjust the expectations for this Thunder team? We've talked all year about how they're overachieving, overachieving. This team is what? A game and a half out of a home court advantage slot? At what point do we say this Thunder team needs to stop with the eking it out against bad teams at home? Yeah. I understand on Wednesday night... The mood in the arena shifted after the first quarter once the Woj bombs started dropping. And all the players, to a certain extent, I think, just tends up around the trade deadline. But that has passed. You should have almost... I feel like this game should have been a release of that kind of nervous tension. Yeah. The team is staying together. And I I wanted to see them show that tonight. And though they did it off the court, which we can talk about in the next segment, on the court, at, at what point do we have to kind of say, okay, you've gotten out of that funk you were in early in the season. Now it's time to prove that you're that playoff team. You need to have convincing wins against a Detroit team with for six sure. players out after they've traded another two or three players. No, for sure, because what this Detroit team, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, really, I only counted eight warming up, then there was a ninth one, now it says there were ten that actually played tonight. Yeah, I don't know about that, you guys. This team was a very short-handed Detroit Pistons team. They didn't look, uh, they, they just didn't look like a team that would present much of a challenge to this Thunder team. Like I said earlier, it was fully stacked, fully ready to go. They had just played a big game against Cleveland. Like I've, I, I, I don't know. They're, this is the second game of their four-game home stretch, and my goodness, I really just thought. Hey, this is going to be a piece of cake for them tonight. Obviously, no game in the NBA is ever going to be like that. But I, I don't know. I think that exactly what Ryan says. They need to get out of that bad habit of just like barely squeaking out games against these really bad teams, but then going off and having big wins against decent teams. And so it's just it's a little bit of the inconsistency factor. But I think this team's going to be okay. And obviously, they're a game and a half out of a home court advantage for playoff run. They're 
I mean, it's looking real good for the playoffs right now, and so this Thunder team, don't sleep on them yet. On the yeah. on the uh, flip side, optimistic side of what you guys were just talking about, I mean, it's two wins where you didn't play well at all, and you still won against teams you should have won, or you should have beat. So I will I will take the optimistic uh, side of that, saying that this is guys that haven't played much for the Pistons, they're out there playing hard. Um, getting their first opportunities, like a Thon Maker, who's behind Andre Drummond uh, for the whole year, and you know played well when when given the opportunity. A bunch of these guys given their first opportunities um, in a long time. So, yeah, I think I think you know coming off those four games or four days where you didn't have a didn't have a game, looking a little rusty these past two games. I I will take wins over teams you're supposed to you're supposed to beat whenever you're not playing your best at all. Yeah, I completely agree, and I'll be the first to admit I'm being a little hard on this team, but this is just the next step I think they have to take. They're a very young team, obviously. Earlier in the year, they had to get acquainted with each other. Then they went through the process of learning how to win. I believe that we can all say they've reached that point. This Thunder team knows how to win. Now I think it's time for them to take that next step, and I believe they can do it because Chris Paul has shown nothing but fantastic leadership all year long absolutely so i'm just looking for the thunder to take that next step and have enough of that confidence to come out and impose their will on nights like this even though they didn't play well like you said still got the win but to take that next step you want to always be moving forward and the next step needs to be the starters need to be resting in the fourth quarter and let these young guys get in Mm -hmm. there against the worst teams in the league no absolutely absolutely guys good point ryan good point matt Guys, we are down here at Flint at the bottom of the Colcord Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. It is Caddy Corner to the Chesapeake Energy Arena, and this place is filling up right now. There are loads of people coming in. Come have a drink. Come get some good food. Best staff in all of Oklahoma City right here. They are awesome. Tip your bartender. Say hello to Kevin. He's our guy. And uh, come say hi to me and Ryan. We're a good time, and we'll be on the radio for the next Oh, like 40-ish minutes or so, 30-ish minutes. We have two more segments with you guys, so don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about kind of what happened yesterday with the trade deadline. Uh, We'll talk about the vitalness of Danilo Gallinari here in Oklahoma City, despite having a poor performance tonight. I wouldn't even call it poor because he definitely did shoot in double digits, and that's not poor by any means. But we'll talk more about him, and then we'll talk more about some celebrity appearances in the peak tonight that had Madison all kinds of giddy. And so stick with us here on the franchise and we'll be back on the Thunder First Take Post Game Show here on 1077 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back to the I almost said the OKC82 podcast. Wow. I mean, it is the OKC82 podcast. Technically, this is the OKC82 podcast because anytime myself or Brady and like we do it with Matt, we do it with Ryan Chapman, we do it with Chisholm Holland, anytime any of us are on the Thunder first take post game show here on the franchise, it will double as our OKC82 podcast. So that is exactly what it is doing tonight. So I guess technically I was not wrong. So welcome back into the OKC82 podcast and into the Franchise Thunder First Take Post Game Show. Obviously, we are talking about a big Thunder win. Not that big, but kind of exciting in a sense because now they've won four straight and uh, doing some big things here in Thunderland. They defeat the Detroit Pistons at 108-101 to tonight in Oklahoma City. And my bad, guys, I completely forgot to talk about the Thunder player of the game, Burton. We're going to go ahead and fire that up real quick. Now. The Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. And because I'm so dumb-dumb, I'm going to go ahead and go first. And my Thunder Player of the Game tonight is not going to be the obvious. Mine is going to go to Mr. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, because he actually had himself a game, fellas. He shot 7 of 13 tonight, and he was 1 of 3 from the three-point line. Uh, shot 6 of 9 from the free throw line, and he finished with 21 points. He had two rebounds, uh, but he also had two blocks tonight. The guy was playing some pretty hardcore defense, and he was uh, he was taking care of the ball on both ends of the floor. So, big-time game for Shea. I think this is a big moment for him just because he kind of did have just like that very sliver of a moment where he dipped off the radar for a little bit, and I think people were kind of starting to doubt whether or not he was uh, really a guy who was going to be able to take over this organization and this franchise one day, but... 
You know what? I think that he's starting to prove himself. I think he was just kind of going through a lull. We all do it. Shea Gildas Alexander played some real good basketball tonight. Thought he looked super athletic. He looked super crafty. Uh, he was setting guys up. He was out there, and I think that's going to be great because, obviously, he's representing the Thunder at the uh, All-Star Weekend for the Skills Challenge, and, I mean, he's a, he's a big-time player, rightfully so. So he is my Thunder player of the game. I was about to say, how did his skills look tonight up to the Looks challenge? Looks real good. Looked Looks real, real good. good. Nice and crafty. And so, yeah, shout out Shay. Well, I think we may shock the world here as I'm going to also go with someone who wasn't the obvious. I'm going to go with Chris Paul this evening, and here's why. Mm. Down the stretch, when the Thunder needed somebody to come in and ensure that they were going to wrap up the game, when Detroit made a late push, who was it that was pushing the pace, making the shots, getting to the free throw line? It was Chris Paul. Chris yeah. Paul started off slow, but he finished with 22 points. Also had seven assists. He's he's always going to come in and make the offense go. We saw in his only night out what the offense looks like without Chris Paul. And I think that in these games where they're, the Thunder are playing poorly, his just presence on the court, his poise, his ability to say, okay, don't worry, guys, last three minutes, I got this. I'll be the difference that pushed us over the hump. I think that is why Chris Paul has earned the player of the game for me this evening. Nice, nice. Matt Burton, do you have anyone different? Do you agree with us? Like, are we crazy for picking these two? What no, do you think? not at all. You guys aren't crazy for picking those two. Not at all. But Thanks, Matt. I'm going with Steven Adams. I'm going with Steven Adams tonight. Basic. The Kiwi. I'm going with Steven Adams, mate. Um, he I like that. 7 of 10 from the field. Uh, actually hit two of his free throws. Eight rebounds. Two offensive rebounds, but like I said earlier, uh, he could have had 10. He was in there on every single offensive rebound. He had a chance to get pretty much every single one. So, And he looked the healthiest he has all season. He looked like that four-game, uh, that I keep saying game, that four-day uh, break was was really good for Steve. And I think the uh, the all-star break will be good for Steve as well. Um, look, for, look for more Steve going forward. I am excited for it. Big night from Steve-O. I completely agree, Matt. And you talk about his presence on the offensive boards, rightfully so. I think that what he did on the defensive boards tonight was really impressive as well. He only had six defensive rebounds. And so if you're just looking at the box score, you may say, what the heck, why are we seeing his praises? Well, Detroit did an exceptional job of moving Steven off his spot and trying to nullify his role as the rim protector. They knew that Thonmaker probably is not strong enough to stand up to the test with Steven. So what did they do? They brought him up high in the court for some pick and rolls, trying to make Steven have to defend high and then pick, and then they were slashing someone into the back door behind him. And Steven did a really great job of covering the pick and roll and then getting back to still deny at the rim. And so I think to even have the athleticism by Steven to get back around to pull those six defensive boards and still look sturdy, just an impressive night by Steven, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, no, good for him, just because Billy Donovan's been talking a lot about, yeah, he's kind of been battling through some injury. He He's a guy, he has a lot of body, y'all. He's a big dude, like 7 foot, 265 pounds. Like, he is a lot of body right there, and so he's always going to be dealing with some injury. Uh, I think he looks pretty healthy. That's kind of what Matt was talking about in the first segment. He looks good. He's paying, I think he's playing a little bit pain-free right now. I don't know. That's a question for Billy Donovan, but... He just looked powerful tonight. That was something I noted at the very beginning of this game, actually, guys, was just that Steven Adams, he looked aggressive. He looked very uh, tuned in. I thought that he just looked like he kind of he had his game plan set for the first time in a few games. He was very vital out there for this Thunder team, and he just looked very powerful. And there was a few times that he really fought for the ball tonight. He really fought for those rebounds. He, uh, uh, there, I forgot what quarter this was in. I want to say it was towards the end of the third quarter. And there was just a time he was just pushing up against Thonmaker, and he was using that shoulder, and he was getting him out of the way, and he just slams it down on him. Guy's a powerhouse. And so, yeah, big nod to Steven Adams. Obviously, I think he was the Riverwind player of the game for the Thunder, and rightfully so, just because this guy came to play. And I think a lot of this had to do with him uh, definitely, you know, making making their free throws tonight. A lot of guys actually made their free throws. And when it comes down to seven points, and you got to do stuff like that. So, yeah, this game was just pretty much a team effort. And, uh also, it was uh, just something that we had noted that, you know, there's still a lot of guys on the team that are scoring in double figures. So when you have a well-rounded team like that, then it's going to go well going to go well from there. Absolutely, absolutely. But just Steven Adams went out tonight, and he showed why he's one of the most valuable centers in the league. Mm-hmm. When Andre Drummond steps out, you just notice the difference between what a good center looks like in Steven Adams and what someone who's just serviceable and thon maker. 
looks like, and Steven Adams is going to be a tough matchup for anyone in the playoffs, especially if he can stay this healthy. For sure. No, for sure. But, guys, we haven't talked about uh, Lou Dort yet this segment, and I think we need to a little bit because didn't have, like, the greatest night out there, only had two points to finish off the night, but this guy is still getting a nod um, to start in the starting position over Terrence Ferguson. And that's kind of crazy, and I think it is well-deserved. As he and, should. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about that right now because, obviously, Ferg, this was his second game back. Uh, he was out a little over two weeks with some personal reasons. and Like, that's fine. Life comes up. Comes back, and Lou Dort's like, nah, man. Like, I'm still in your starting position. Like, Ferg's going to have to fight for this, and obviously it's not going well. Terrence Ferguson was 0 of 3 on the night. 0 of 2 from the two-point line, or three-point line, excuse me. Only had one point because he did make a free throw. And uh, he had five fouls at the end of the game, so wasn't really playing the smartest of defense. And I think if Ferg is ever going to find him his way back into the starting lineup, he's going to have a lot to prove, a lot to fight for. And uh, Lou Dortch just kind of, he's doing his thing right now, even though it doesn't show it on the stat sheet tonight. I mean, I feel like he's been a little bit more of a consistent player this season. Yeah, and I didn't get to obviously hop on the post game with you guys last go round, but the thing that I loved out of Lou Dort on Wednesday night was. You never know how a player's going to react. The starting spot was his kind of by default almost yep. while Terrence Ferguson was gone. Well, Ferguson is back available. And Lou didn't start out shooting that great. He only finished two of seven. Again, this is Wednesday against the Cavaliers. But Lou Dort was very aggressive. And every time he got the ball, there was no, oh, jab step hesitation. What do I do? He just right. knew I'm going to the rim, going to hit my spot jack up this three so i just love to see him continue to play with that confidence even when terrence ferguson comes back but yeah. uh, let's just be careful chris paul might bust through the store and uh start yelling at us for this what defending his defending his guys yeah that was that was a very awkward exchange matt did you see that after the Wait, game i have Wednesday? no idea what you guys I are did talking not. about i have no you clue. have no idea oh no, my god i'm i have no idea what y'all are talking oh about my right goodness now. so wednesday in the post game locker room we get Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. So obviously someone's going to ask Terrence, hey, you didn't start. How, how does that feel coming back in? Terrence, very diplomatic. And he seemed genuine. He yeah. was just saying, team guy, doesn't really matter as long as we get the win. Chris Paul comes in, and the very next thing he does, he somehow, he kind of sort of answers the first question and immediately turns it to, look, guys, we try to answer every question. We try to be respectful, and I understand you have a job to do. But whoever asked that question to Terrence about whether him or Dort is starting – very unprofessional. You can't. Don't turn players against each other like that. Don't turn teammates against each other. And Chris Paul oh, made eye contact with yeah. me like four times during this exchange. I'm just like, Chris, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry you didn't like the question. I didn't ask you. Don't take this out on me. Oh, so my god. We need to be careful because Chris Paul might be listening, and he might storm into Flint right now with Wait, this Wait, I had no idea that that happened. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was just awkward. It was awkward, and it took us by surprise. And, and I get that. Chris is standing up for his team and kind of trying to play that role. This is a young team, so yeah. he's showing what a leader should be. But I thought it was a fair question, and, and you have to like how Dort and Ferguson both have responded to the situation. It seems that Dort has not lost any of his confidence. He's still just going for it, playing carefree, still playing great on the defensive end. And mm -hmm. Terrence is just going to get his feet back under him. Yeah, I mean, Terrence, I, I still think that he's doing some pretty good stuff out there. Uh, like, obviously, he's going to play aggressive. He has some things to prove. He had the starting position the majority of the season for a reason. You know, Billy Donovan trusts him out there. He likes the defensive uh, efforts that he puts up. You know what, Terrence? He's going to get his groove back eventually. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. But I don't know, Matt. If if Ferg is going to kind of keep that stagnant composure that he has had, and that's no knock on him. I mean, that's just kind of the reality of it. Do you ever see him stepping back into this? Or do you think this is Dort's spot? Do you think someone else could step in? Just what are your thoughts on that? Um, f for me personally, I don't, I don't see Ferg stepping in, stepping back into that starting role, unless, unless it's something Billy Donovan wants to do, if he wants to see Dort with the second unit or, or something like that. But Lou Dort's just playing with too much confidence. Terrence Ferguson, Terrence Ferguson, that's not something that you think about whenever you watch Terrence Ferguson's game. They, you don't, you don't think confidence. Right. He severely lacks it. Like, um, at the end of the second quarter. Chris Paul makes a good diagonal pass to hit Ferguson in the corner for a last-second shot. Ferg hesitates when he's open. Hesitates and then shoots it and misses it. I mean, a confident player, Lou Dort, whoever, a player that's shooting it with confidence is not going to hesitate right there at that moment. So yeah. I, I know he's been away. He has been away for a while. So it could just be, you know, he's, he's getting back in the flow of the game, whatever, whatever it may be. But 
with Lou, with Lou Dort playing with this much, this much confidence and playing this well, playing this well on defense as well, uh, I I do not see Terrence Ferguson stepping back into that role anytime soon. And and what role do the Thunder want Ferguson to play on this team? The three and D guy, right? Well, as the immensely talented Brady Trantham, not here but not forgotten. Shout out Brady. He tweeted out early today. He noted that over the last eight games, all of Lou Dort starts. Dort is second on this team in catch-and-shoot three-point percentage. And he's... or not He's second on the team in catch-and-shoot field goal percentage. Apologies, at 45%. But he's... all Yeah, second on the team in three-point percentage, too. This is what Terrence Ferguson was supposed to do. Dort is doing it at a higher level than Ferguson is. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that it's unfortunate that you have to miss time because of personal reasons. But if Lou Dort is going to come in and shoot 20% better at both marks than Terrace Ferguson is, I don't see how you can insert Ferg back into the starting lineup. Yeah, and this team has been so like goal-oriented all season. I feel like that's kind of been such a cool thing about them is that they really are um, kind of a team that leans on each other. They support each other. Uh, that's kind of been their motto from the get-go. And so I really do think that was that's actually kind of cool that Chris Paul stepped in and said something like that because it shows his leadership. It shows he really does care about these guys. He's trying to keep them pumped up and keep them energized throughout the season. I know that this season has felt like years long. They still have a lot of basketball to be played, so it's probably going to be best that they are, you know, remaining positive about this. But, guys, before we segue into something a little bit different, because this game, yes, the Thunder won four straight wins, 108 to 101 over the Detroit Pistons. Yay, yay, yay. Sorry, Jerry. Uh, I kind of wanted to talk about just everything, all the craziness that went on yesterday, because I put this video out on Twitter to start the game, and I was pleasantly surprised about it. Um, so Gallo, he's always been kind of first to be introduced in the Thunder starting lineup, but I felt like there was a little bit more energy in Chesapeake tonight when he was announced, and I really do think it's because Thunder fans are very jazzed to see him stay here because they believe in him, they're excited to have him here. No, didn't have the best showing tonight, but he's still been a good player for this team. He's been someone who has really uh, just supported his guys and leaned on this team and has been very positive throughout the whole matter. I think he's a good team asset. And when he does get a shot going, he can be absolutely lethal. So, I don't, I don't know. Just what I don't know if I've even heard personally from Matt or Ryan what y'all's personal opinions about about like the fact that he's staying. Yeah, it was really interesting because we talked about Wednesday the Woj bombs start dropping during the game, but Thursday essentially what the Thunder fans wake up to is a Wo- is a Woj tweet that says. If Miami can work out an extension with Gallinari, this deal's probably going to happen. You wait all day, you wait all day. Then you start to see the Miami pieces start going straight to Memphis, and mm-hmm. everyone kind of goes, okay, is this falling apart? I think it's a big-time move by Sam Presti to essentially say, we're sitting on a ton of picks. Yep. I hold all the leverage. Why do I need to trade Gallinari if the deal isn't right and kind of take your chances with a sign-and-trade or something like that in the offseason? So I think a big-time move by Sam Presti to say, hey, this team is still within a stone's throw of home court advantage in the playoffs, at least for the first-round series. Why not keep Gallo, who would be essential in a first-round series, because he's one of those guys that, yes, you can knock his pace. At times, you can knock his defense. But when it comes down to it, you get into the half-court set late in the game. He's someone that can create his own shot, and he can do that at a high level. And that's exactly the kind of player that you need to show up in the playoffs to push you over the edge and win a series. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Matt, do you want to piggyback off that at all? Just like Gallo, I think this is a good move for Oklahoma City to leave him, not just because of Gallinari as a player, but the fact that they're keeping this team together, they believe in this team, they're going to see this team kind of push forward. They've already exceeded expectations here, guys. Like They have completely uh, just crawled and clawed over that barrier that was set for them at the very beginning, and I think that they are doing it. Uh, at a high level right now. So Gallo has been totally part of that. I feel like he's been a leader of that in a sense. And now he's staying. So what do you think about that? Yeah, um, I kind of had a take about this whole thing on uh, I put on Twitter. Um, I'm kind of glad that it didn't go through. I, I Obviously, I don't know what was agreed to before the extension didn't, didn't go through. Um, but I, I was basically saying, you ask for the most that you can get. Ask for the most that you can get because the Thunder absolutely do not have to trade Danilo Gallinari. That was my that was my thought process. So like, try to get Tyler Hero, try to get more picks and lifted protection. I mean, try try it. The worst they uh, could say is no. Absolutely, yeah. The worst they could say is no. And if they say no, that's fine because the Thunder will move on. 
and they're in striking distance, like you guys said earlier, to host a first-round matchup. They're in that striking distance. So they didn't have to. And then the teams that were going to have cap space uh, this summer, uh, they traded for more. They don't have that cap space anymore. They don't have that cap flexibility to sign Gallinari, who will probably be the best free agent in this class because this free agent class is uh, not very good. Uh, All the the good free agents are in 2021. Um, So I I think it's kind of a blessing in in disguise. Uh, You can try for a sign-and-trade this summer. Um, with the lack of cap space that all the teams have um, with, with Danilo Gallinari. And I, I don't know if I was valuing Gallinari, Gallinari too much. I felt like I was taking crazy pills uh, like, like Mugatu and, uh, and Derek Zoolander. Like, I feel like I'm oh, taking yes. crazy pills. You <laughs> yes, know, like, because maybe, maybe I'm overvaluing Gallinari, who is six foot ten, scores 20 a game, and every single team in the NBA would take Danilo Gallinari on their team. For sure. And maybe absolutely. I was overvaluing him. Uh, people were saying that Oklahoma City would be lucky to just get other expiring deals, which I just I don't believe that. I do not believe that. Danilo Gallinari is more valuable than that to me. Yeah, I, I don't think the Thunder are in a position to take on expiring deals yet in this rebuild. I think that this year is a year, you're still a year or two off from a lot of those higher-end picks coming into play. So why not take this year and say... The Thunder don't need to be a top three pick. If you can take this young core and you can get them playoff experience with leaders that have been there, like Chris Paul, Gallo has been a part of teams that have been in the playoffs before. Why not lead this young core, essentially, in the playoffs and say, Mm -hmm. this is what it's like to play in the playoffs. Everything slows down. Scouting reports matter, things like that. And that's actually why keeping Gallo is why I thought the Thunder, from tip-off, were going to roll in this game. It almost seemed like the team was looser in the warm-up. And for the first time all season, I've seen this at tip-off as they're playing the Get Hype songs in the arena and the Thunder Girls are in the crowd bouncing around trying to get the fans going. Bouncing around. The entirety of the bench was on their feet, jumping around, mimicking the Thunder Girls, laughing, having fun. You always see Schroeder over there up and around. Poor guy. I think he's ADHD almost. He's never just sitting down. It's fine. But Same, bro. you saw the entire team up and around. Baisley and Schroeder were having to be held back to not get on the court to cheer on their teammates. And that's why I thought you'd see this release of, wow, the trade deadline's passed. This team's staying together. They seem to really enjoy playing with each other. And yeah. that's why I was a little shocked that it didn't happen. Yeah, no, Sam, I'm really glad that this team is staying together because I think that they can take this team a very, very long way uh, as the season progresses. But anyway, guys, we have one more break to take before we get back in to talk about some more fun stuff, some more Thunder basketball, Thunder basketball moving forward. We'll see what this team has in store, especially with a nice little 2.30 matchup on Sunday. Get your brunch pants on. It's going to be a good one. But we are here at Flint Restaurant in downtown Oklahoma City. It is at the, or it's in the bottom of the Colt Court Hotel, which is awesome because it's a beautiful place. And uh, Bricktown's popping right now. The snow has melted. People are out there, out and about for a Friday night. Come get food. Come get drinks. Come say hi to uh, me and Ryan. We are a good time. And uh, come say hi to Kevin, the bartender. He's a good time also. So it's going to be a good one. And uh, we have one more segment. Like I said, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. People are filing in, so go ahead and get on down here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a radio personality I had the pleasure of meeting, and I totally geeked out, so you guys are going to enjoy that. And we'll talk about the Thunder team moving forward. So stick with us here on the First Take Thunder postgame show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. We are back here on the Franchise Thunder First Take postgame show here in downtown Oklahoma City. I am Madison Morris alongside Ryan Chapman and Matt Burton back in studio doing an excellent job. God, I sound like Jerry Ramsey when I say that. But shout out to Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Uh, But we are down here in Flint at the bottom of the Colcord Hotel. It is right here by Chesapeake Energy Arena. I know the game has been over for about 40-ish minutes now, but if you're still out and about and you're listening to the radio, come on down to Flint. They have great drinks. They have amazing food here and the best wait staff in all of Oklahoma City, so we really appreciate them taking care of us, doing such a good job as always, and uh, shout out to Kevin the bartender. He is wonderful as always, and so good show so far. 
Right now, I want to shoot it back to Matt Burton in the studio because we have to take you around the association. This was not the only game that went on tonight. Uh, lots of good games coming up. And, uh, yeah, Matt Burton, let's go. Let's go around the association for an NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver. Kind of a uh, peek behind the curtain here with Matt Burton. Uh-oh. Um, this sounds dirty. Yeah, Madison Morris wanted to take this segment over. She was tired of me talking, so. No, I didn't mean it like um, that. But Madison, no, it's fine. Madison it's cool. hates Matt. It's, I, it's cool. I like when Matt takes us around the association. It's, cool. it's the worst kept to... secret in radio. Yeah. He's, he does it very well. It's fine. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. The Philadelphia 76ers hosted the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Uh, a lot of comparison this these past couple days of the Sixers and the Thunder. Uh, they had the same record, but uh, different expectations to start the year. <laughs> um, the 76ers get a home win against the Grizzlies. Finally. 119 to 107. Love that, guys. Kind of a secret closeted Sixers fan over here, and uh, that's just because I really enjoy Joel Embiid, and I kind of like Tobias Harris, too. So, yeah, finally get to see the Sixers get a win. They were just humiliated against Milwaukee last night, and it was disgusting, and so uh, good for them. Good win. I don't know if Joel Embiid got hurt or what happened. I did not pay oh, any attention to this, but he only played 16 minutes. Had 10 points, 10 rebounds in those 16 minutes. So Had to take a Twitter well, break. I do, <laughs> Twitter Probably had to go break, troll yes. someone real quick. Uh, yeah, he had to go uh, clap back to uh, Shaq for calling him soft. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. So bad. The uh, Washington Wizards, Bradley Beal hits a game winner to beat the Dallas Mavericks. 119 to 118. Bradley Beal, game winner. Had 29 Beal. tonight. Big time for Thunder fans. Mavericks take a loss. Exactly what Oklahoma City needs, as there's confusion abound at the table here. Oh my goodness! But yes. Well, someone just tried to bring us a giant burger with chips, and as much as I wanted to accept it, I can't take someone else's food. The Missed guilt would eat me alive. Missed but opportunity. Yeah, big time for the Thunder for the Mavericks to pick up an L as direct rivals for that in that race for the four seed. The Atlanta Hawks traveled to the Garden in Boston garden. tonight, then uh, they came up short, 107 to 112. The Hawks lose. To the Boston Celtics, uh, Jason Tatum with 32 tonight. John Collins, John Collins 30 and 10. Uh, look at Ryan. He's clutching his heart right now. No one can see because this is radio, but Ryan's team is the Atlanta Hawks, if you don't know that. And, hey, they, they kept it close, Ryan. you got to be proud of that. John Collins is the real all-star on that team. There, I said it. There. I said it. Boom, roasted. <laughs> the, the Raptors traveled to Indianapolis tonight to take on the Pacers and got a big Road win oh, tonight, no. 115 to 106. Sergi Baca, 22 points and 10 Ibaka. rebounds to lead oh. the Raptors in scoring. Played 40 minutes, too. Good what for, a st- good for Serge. Seriously? Good for Serge, yeah. My goodness. Good for Serge. That's a game right there, folks. Have a day, sir. And then the rest of the games are in progress. 18 seconds left, but this one is over uh, as the Suns are up 127 to 91 against the Houston Rockets. Oh, ouch. Ooh, the oh, Rockets, that's a bad um, loss. The Rockets' leading rebounder is Daniel House with six. Oh, no. Yikes. With six. Oh, no. Man, a night after going into L.A., picking up the big win in the first night of Uber Small Ball for Houston, and a, and a game where they only had one less rebound than the Lakers, really shocking. This is what you're going to see, I think, up and down from the Rockets here from here on out with the super small ball. Why is Russell Westbrook not playing? It's the second night of a back-to-back. Oh, uh, yes, we rest. Yes. No, we don't play. Okay, gotcha. And, yes. uh, yeah, Kelly Oubre tonight with 39 points, 9 rebounds. Good. Look Kelly out. Oubre is, uh, he's balling. He is balling this year. Uh, halftime in Sacramento as the Kings are up 52-50 to on Brady Trantham's Miami Heat. Oh. Shout out, Brady. Hate to see it. Sorry, Shout out, Brady. Brady. Sorry, Brady. Um, and the second quarter, about uh, just under nine minutes left, the Utah Jazz um, are hosting the Portland Trailblazers. They are currently up 41-40. to 40. And that, my friends, is around the association. Oh, my gosh. Can we go back to the Rockets game for just, like, two shakes? Because, first of all, I cannot believe it's this big of a deficit. Also, second of all, James Harden has 32 points. The next leading scorer is Austin Rivers at 14 points. James Harden is carrying this entire game by his by, by himself. Yeah. 
Yeah, not good. Ew, Just, that's disgusting basketball right there. The rebounding numbers. House Jr. was the leading rebounder with six rebounds for Houston. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. I, like, Matt, when you read that off, I wasn't even, like, looking at the stat sheets or anything. And then I went to go look at that because I'm like, wait a minute. How is that? What? Now I see why. Because it's a one-man show out there. Good for Houston. Yeah. Gabe made a great point on the franchise players earlier today that Russell Westbrook with this uber small ball has more space than he's ever had. Yeah. And he cut up the Lakers with precision. This is what happens when you take Russell Westbrook out of that equation. Yikes. Ew. Yeah, no. No kidding. Hey, uh, real quick before we move on, I want to kind of just wrap up everything on this game that was played tonight. If you are just now joining us and you have no idea what happened in Thunderland tonight, the Oklahoma City Thunder defeated the Detroit Pistons at 108-101. to They now have their 32nd win of the season, and they are therefore plummeting my whole chase for 38 campaign that I wanted to start at the beginning of the season, and now they only need six more wins, which, I mean... Good God, I hope they can get that, obviously. They could probably do that. So uh, no more Chase for 38. Let's go for Chase for 48. Am I right? Am I right? Hashtag ride the storm is not really relevant this year. There, I know, right? So, yeah, that's going to go on. Matt Burton, let's go ahead and knock out the uh, kitty cat segment because we're going to talk some stats and we're going to wrap up this uh, game and then go on to something different. All right. Three, two, one. Cover your ears. Pump it. Okay, so uh, my stat is going to come from the bench tonight, folks. And that would be because Oklahoma City's bench outscored Detroit's bench 28-14. to And you know why? Because Detroit didn't have anybody on that bench. They didn't even have a team tonight. They barely had anyone. They had like eight or nine players suit up. Obviously, they had... Uh, I don't, they're dealing with a, a plethora of injuries right now. Everybody's hurt. Nobody can play basketball. Any of their uh, quote-unquote stars that are out there, sorry, Jerry, don't hate me, not playing. Obviously, Reggie Jackson, he was the leader of this game, and uh, Christian Wood, who? And so <laughs> that was the leader of Detroit tonight, and uh, guys like Dennis Schroeder came off the bench for the Thunder, and that's, I mean, that's all i got to say right there because he led the way. Made some good plays for the Thunder tonight and uh, played pretty decent basketball. Obviously, Nerlens Noel, he's going to play his game like he usually does. Still looks good out there. Still wearing that mask protecting his face. Uh, but don't worry, buddy. Your cheek's going to heal soon. So it looks good, and you're still playing great. So shout out to them for doing all that. It's uh, it's looking good for the Thunder bench because as long as they have these two guys who are going to have that good on-court chemistry, which is something Ryan and I talked about throughout the game, uh, if they're going to be able to pull that out, then honestly, the Thunder bench looks great, and it's led by two guys right now. Yeah, this was uh, peak Sad Boys basketball there from Detroit with uh, everyone just hurt, dead, a wasteland over there. My stat of the night, though, is 35. Not Kevin Durant, friends. I was about to say, this is the, don't do it. This is the don't 35th game this season where the Thunder had five players scoring in double digits, and they needed every single one of those points tonight as it was close right until the end. Yeah. I think this just kind of shows the ball movement. This is what happens when you have a point guard who's less ball dominant and more of a pass-first kind of guy. Um, the ball movement that Billy Donovan has preached, and we've, we finally see it this season, and mm-hmm. it's allowing everyone to step in and contribute. And instead of seeing 40- and 50-point performances out right. of one guy, you see a bunch of... 20 to 15 point performances. Yeah, no, big time, big time stuff right there for the Thunder because every point matters in games like this, which is so silly to say against a team like the Detroit Pistons, but guys, close games, every point matters, every shot matters, any kind of consistency that this team can pull together and really um, utilize out there on the court, then yeah, good for them. Matt Burton, do you have any stats for us? And please say the one that I think I know I you're going to say. I do, and I'm glad you guys say that every single point matters in these close games <laughs> against these opponents because the Thunder were 25 of 30 from the free throw line, 83.3%. The Thunder this year are a great free throw shooting team, and I know it sounds simple, free throws matter. I say this every yes. single game. Free throws matter. Seven-point game. Hey, no, you're absolutely right. They made right. 25 free throws. They're easy, and this Thunder team is great at shooting free throws, and it cannot be overlooked. 
That is something that none of us were able to say last season with this Thunder team. I just remember that was the biggest thing is that last season, this team, for the life of them, could not make a free throw. They were horrible at it. Couldn't do it. Billy Donovan always like, said. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, I'm, I'm just, just going to say. It was just oh, games. Oh, God, this is so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying it was games like tonight and against the Cavaliers that last year's team probably would have lost. And yes. you could easily go to the free throw ta- the free throw tally and look and them shooting 60% from the free throw line just doesn't get it done. No, exactly. And I mean that's exactly why that team last year this Thunder team last year, especially with guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George and all those goodies that they had last season, they lost these games because they couldn't shoot their free throws. And that's why it came down to the wire at the very end because they weren't able to make the shots that are completely uncontested. They're given to them if they draw the foul. And they don't make them. I'm just like, that is ridiculous. So at least this season, that's something they have zoned in on. They're making their free throws. Good Lord. Thank goodness. Am I right? Much better to watch. Much better to watch. Doesn't doesn't hurt the heart as much. So, no, good stuff from the free throw line. Matt Burton, I always enjoy your free throw stat because it is so true. And, uh, yeah, they uh, they shot a lot better at the free throw line than the Detroit Pistons did. So that's going to wrap it up for that. Guys, let's look forward a little bit because um, the Thunder, they have a big matchup here on Sunday. My gosh. I feel like today's Saturday. Not, I'm, like, so turned around right it's now. It's not the Monster Truck Rally. No, it's not the Monster Truck Rally. Not the Monster Truck. I would love to see some Monster Trucks. But we're actually going to see the Boston Celtics come to town. And uh, that that's going to be a really good matchup. Right now, the Boston Celtics are 36-15. and 15. They're 14-10 and 10 on the road. They're a good team led by guys like Kemba Walker. Obviously, Jason Tatum is lighting it up. Uh, Jalen Brown is incredible. And we get to see the return of Ennis Cantor. Oh, my gosh. He is just such a treasure to Oklahoma City. So that'll be super fun. And uh, I love seeing him go up against Steven Adams because they're just they're freaking crazy. And so that'll be really fun. But, hey, kind of just some final thoughts on not necessarily this game that got played tonight, but what do you guys see about Sunday? I mean, obviously, that's going to be probably the biggest uh, – probably the biggest challenge on this four-game home stretch for them just because Boston's a good team. They are winning some pretty good games right now. They're looking good. They're playing very well-rounded. So just what do you guys see from them? Yeah, Boston winners of nine of the last ten, and most of those games, three of those games actually were without Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker, like you said, returned against the Hawks. I think this is a big statement game for Oklahoma City. This is where, as I said in the first segment, Oklahoma City needs to start making that transition from the young plucky underdogs to learning how to win to asserting their will this is the perfect game it's a team that there should be no business overlooking mm-hmm. everyone knows how good the boston celtics are when you have a primetime matchup on sunday 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 straight from the peak sunday this is where the thunder need to show out and they don't need to blow this team out a, a win like tonight will work on yep. sunday and for the first time all season, I feel confident that Oklahoma City can go into these games, play their game, mm-hmm. play at their tempo, and kind of assert their will. So I, I'm really interested to see how Oklahoma City responds to this, especially as, like we've said, they've been out of rhythm with the four days off. Yeah. All the stress of the deadline. Maybe maybe they needed one game to work that out, and they can refocus this Sunday against Boston. No, for sure. What, what do you think, Matt? Like, How do you think they're going to perform on Sunday? Obviously, it's a 2.30 game. That's probably the earliest they played all season. I don't think they've had another one. Uh, I might just be totally brain dead right now, but I don't think they played a game this early. Obviously, it's going to be Sunday. They're going to be getting to the peak, oh gosh, probably around like 9 a.m. They're going to have to really turn it on fast. you think they can pull it out? Um, I think so. Need to avoid starting and playing like they did the past two games. Absolutely. They need to take this one a little bit more seriously. Um, but like, like we said earlier, this team is creeping up in the Western Conference standings, and this... The Celtics team. This will be a good kind of litmus test to see, you know, where where these where where the Thunder are actually at. Uh, they're they played tonight um, without Jalen Brown, without uh, Gordon Hayward, I believe. Um, I could be totally making that up, but um, no, they they were without some guys tonight. Beat the Hawks, who had big contributions from guys. So. Um, it, it, these matchups would be good. Kimball Walker versus Chris Paul. Uh, I'll be interested to see who guards Jason Tatum going down the stretch. Um, interested to see uh, Marcus Smart and Lou Dort if they battle it out because they seem so similar. Um, no, th- this will be a good game. It'll be a good test for the for the Thunder. Kind of see where they're at uh, heading into the All Star break. No, for sure. I mean, right now Boston is on a six-game winning streak. They're going to come in hot. They're going to be ready to play. I think this is a very talented team. So exactly what Matt Burton just said. They are going to have or the Thunder 
The Thunder is really going to have to turn it on from the get-go. That's something Billy Donovan has preached all season long. And so, guys, we will see on Sunday. You will be stuck with pretty much all of us on Sunday, too. So stick with us here on the franchise. We're going to have you covered. Uh, grab your mimosa on Sunday. Join us. We'll be here at Flint, I believe, before and after. And uh, it's going to be a good time. We'll be over at the peak during the game, and then we'll come over here to do some post-game. I'm not sure who's on post-game, but it might be the same crew. So, yeah, good stuff tonight. Any uh, any final thoughts, my friends? Uh, <clears throat> real quick on Boston, just this game tonight, five-point win against the Hawks, no Trey Young. So oh, I, I wonder if yeah. Boston also, as you said, Hayward was out. They're missing some guys. But looking ahead to this matchup, I think that this could be one of the best games we've seen out of the Thunder since maybe that Houston game. So we'll yeah. see. No, I agree. Matt Burton, any final thoughts on this? Um, final thoughts need to get uh, need to play better. Need to play better. You want, They've won two. One two in a row from their uh, four day break, uh, but looked looked a little sloppy doing it. Didn't mm-hmm. didn't look uh, as convincing as Ryan said, as convincing as it should have. Uh, so need to need to figure a few things out. Play start off start off a little better against a uh, way better team than the <laughs> than the Pistons and Cavs. No, for sure. And Matt, you were actually spot on. There was no Gordon Hayward tonight against that win over the Hawks. So we'll see if Gordon's going to be here on Sunday. Don't know about that, but still, Thunder are going to have to turn it on. Also, before we get out of here, I just want to say I met my radio personality idol tonight and Bobby Bones. He was here in Chesapeake Energy Arena. So uh, shout out to Bobby Bones. And if you don't know, I posted it on my Twitter. It's just at Madison Morris. And uh, good old Jerry Ramsey jumped in that picture with me. So it's, it's content gold. Shout out to the crew at the peak. It t- it truly took yeah. a village to locate Bobby Bones tonight, and I'm I, happy uh, you got that. I actually did go on a manhunt to find him, and long story short, I had a bunch of Chesapeake employees help me find him, and as soon as halftime hit, we legit pulled him out of the crowd and forced him to take a picture with me because shooters shoot, and you get what you want when you know you want it. So proud boom. of you, Madison. I'm thank very you. proud of you. Thank very you, guys. You. Matt Burton, thank Congrats. you so much for being awesome and producing for us tonight, and you are a Jim, thank you so so much. Ryan, thank you for being here and being my counterpart tonight. Shout out to Brady Trantham. He will be back on Sunday to uh, talk some Thunder basketball with us. So that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Once again, the Thunder defeat the Detroit Pistons at 108 to 101, and they have 32 wins on the season. Back in action this Sunday at 2:30 here at Chelsea Arena.